الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن Is the microphone on? الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Today is going to be our last class on عقيدة صحيح isn't this the last class? This is the fifth class, right? This is the last class for Aqidah. Then we're going to start the next subject next week, inshallah. So today we're going to take the last portion of Aqidah, inshallah. <coughs> We've spoken about concepts, principles, the names given to Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We've explained Mu'taqad Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We gave an overview. The usul and the foundations which Ahlul Sunnah are upon. We've spoken about that, correct? Now we want to speak about the opposing side. The people against them. Who are they? Because Hudayfa ibn al-Yamani, he said, كان الناس يسألون رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الخير. The people they used to ask the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم about good. وكنت أسأله عن الشر. حذيفة said, but I used to ask him about evil. Why? مخافة يدركني. I was scared that I might, it might come to me. That I fall into it. So I want you to know it. And the poet, he said, عَرَفْتُ الشَّرَّ لَا لِلشَّرِّ وَلَكِنْ لِتَوَقِيهِ وَمَنْ لَمْ يَعْرِفِ الشَّرَّ مِنَ الْخَيْرِ وَقَعْ فِيهِ I learnt evil, not because it's evil and I want to go to it, but I learnt evil so I can know it. The person who doesn't learn about evil and what it is, he will most likely fall into it. وَلِذَلِكَ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ He said, he said, he said, Umar said, Islam, it will be taken into pieces and pieces and pieces. Islam will be destroyed bit by bit. People are going to try to destroy it bit by bit. Or it's going to wear out bit by bit. And Umar mentioned where this problem is going to come from. He said it's going to come from if a person who doesn't know about Jahiliyyah speaks about Islam. A person who doesn't know about the Jahiliyyah and the pre-Islamic things that took place, when he talks, he doesn't talk justly. He doesn't place things in the right place. The scholars, what they did was, they wrote books on the groups. And I'm going to mention some books, inshallah ta'ala. The first kitab is called Maqalatul Islamiyyin. And it's written by Abil Hassan al Ash'ari. It's called Maqalatul Islamiyin. 
he wrote a kitab which he speaks about the firaq. Okay. Abil Hassan. Abil Hassan al Ash'ari. There's another kitab written, it's called Al Farqu Bain al Firaq. Al Farq Bain al Firaq. And it's written by Al Baghdadi. This kitab is good. But the author, he has a mu'taqad al-asha'ira. So when he does speak, he does push his aqeedah in there. The third kitab, which is the best in here, is Al-Fisal. Fil-Milal Wal-Nihal. And it's written by Ibn Hazm. Some people, they say Al-Faslu. No, it's Al-Fisal. The kitab is called Al-Fisal. Fil-Milali Wal-Ahwa'i Wal-Nihal. Sorry. Write the word. Wal-Ahwa'i. Al-Fisal. Fil-Milali Wal-Ahwa'i Wal-Nihal. It's written by Ibn Hazm Al-Zahiri. Al-Andulisi. He's what is good. What he does is when he talks about the tawa'if and the groups, and he doesn't just talk about the groups, he also talks about religions and adyan, other religions. He's one who's good. He doesn't just speak about the groups, but he refutes them. So there is, there is naqd in there from Ibn Hazm. The fourth kitab is called Al-Milal Wal-Nihal. And it's written by Al-Shuhrastani. So these are the books that are written in, in the groups. There's another kitab that I could add to it. Al-I'tisam by Imam al-Shatili. Al-I'tisam written by Imam al-Shatili. Those five books, they are the five books that speak about what? That speak about the groups that are out there. Student of knowledge, if he wants to know about the tawa'if, these are the books to see. So scholars took time. Some of these books are volumes, volumes. The first one is Maqalatul Islamin by Abil Hassan al-Ash'ari, Al-Farq Bain al-Firaq by Baghdadi. الفصل في الملل والأهواء والنحل by ابن حزم الظاهري. The fourth one is الملل والنحل by الشهرستاني. شهرستاني. And the fifth one is الاعتصام 
written by who? Al-Imam Al-Shatibi. Now let me mention another point that is important. When Nabiullah Muhammad sallallahu was amongst his companions, Allah united the people. Allah brought the people together. Arabs were divided, had different ideologies, different mindsets. They were fighting tribalism, and Allah brought them together. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Allah is the one who brought their hearts together. This is not something you, Muhammad, did. Allah did it through you. So he brought all of the Arabs together. He made tribes that were fighting for years sit together and eat from the same plate. Love each other. Honor each other and respect each other. And that was a blessing from Allah. Allah also said in another ayah, Allah refers to this uniting the Muslims or the people. Allah referred to it as what? As a blessing. The two verses that I mentioned, both of them state that coming together and uniting is a what? It's a ni'mah. It is a what? It's a ni'mah. But there's a point I want you to understand. To unite the people means you have to bring them all to something. Uniting the people means that you bring them all to something. So you say, come, everyone come. Hey, where? I'm going to unite you on this. Nabiullah Muhammad united them upon al-aqeed al-sahiha. And any person who tries to unite the people based on anything other than that is not going to succeed, number one. And even if he does for a period of time, he won't go far. And the second thing is, there, there's no reward for it. And it could be blameworthy. Rather, it is blameworthy to unite the people on anything other than aqidah sahiha. Look what Allah said. Allah said in that ayah that I mentioned, He said, Wa'tasimu bihablillahi. Jami'an, Allah said. All of you hold on to the rope of Allah. First of all, they were told to hold on to the rope. The Mufassirin, they differed what is meant by this rope. Some they said that it means the Quran. Some they said it means the Prophet. Like in this is called ikhtilafu tanawu'. It means all of that. It means the Prophet. It means the Quran. It means Islam. It means the Sunnah. It means all of that. Hold on to the rope. Wa'atasimu bihablillahi jami'an. Then after that, Allah said, wala tafarraku. And do not become disunited. First, what came? What was the first thing that was mentioned? First of all, everyone correct your aqidah. When that happens, Allah said, don't disunite. In another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look what he said. He said, Ya ladina amanu, idha laqeetum fi'atan fathbutu wadhkuru allaha kathiran la'allakum tuflihun wa ati'u allaha wa rasoolahu wa la tanaza'u wa ati'u allaha, obey Allah and obey who? 
the messenger. Then Allah said, Wala tanaza'u. Don't then dispute one another. If you're all obeying Allah, and if you're obeying the messenger, then do not dispute one another. Wala tanaza'u. What's going to happen? Fatafshalu wa tadhabarihukum wasbiru in Allah ma'asabirin. You're going to become weak. You're going to become what? Weak if you dispute one another and you argue. So what we need to know is the people have to be united upon correct aqidah and sound manhaj. Okay, does that make sense? And that is what the Quran shows. The Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith three things. Allah loves three for you and he hates three for you. The first thing he loves for you what? And that you worship him and you don't associate partners with him. The second one is what? To all hold on to the rope of Allah and not to become disunited. And that you give advice to the one who Allah placed leadership over you. These three is what Allah loves for you. First, first of all, you worship him alone and you don't associate partners with him. And then unite. And then what? Uniting comes after a person perfects his aqidah, he perfects his manhaj, unity then can come. What comes? Unity. So what we learn is two things. Number one, is that uniting is a blessing from the ni'am of Allah. Allah referred to it. Allah is telling him, this is the blessing I did for you. It's a blessing of Allah to unite. The opposite is disunity. And disunity is adab and iqab. To become disunited, it's a punishment. It's a, from the punishments of Allah. Look what Allah said in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Allah says, Say to them, Muhammad, Allah is qadir, he has the ability that Allah sends to you a punishment from high above. Allah has the ability to do that. Or Allah brings a punishment from beneath your feet. Earthquakes and stuff like that. Or Allah can punish you. In what way? That Allah makes you into groups. And then some of you Make the other ones face hardship and pain, suffering. And the other one does the same. And all of it is going at each other. When this ayah came down, Imam Muhammad narrated in his Musnad, in Hadith Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when this ayah came down, the Prophet recited this ayah, and then he ran sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he went to pray. Jabir, he said, I am a Mu'adh ibn Jabal, and he said, one narration says Jabir, one narration says Mu'adh. That Mu'adh, he said, I tried to look for the messenger. And I found him praying, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When the Prophet finished the salah, he said to his companions, Inni I prayed a salah where I was hopeful of Allah. 
and I was scared. Hey, what is it? سألت ربي ثلاثا. I asked Allah, my Lord, for three things. فأعطاني اثنين فأعطاني اثنين ومنعني واحدة. He gave me two and he refused to give me one. I asked my Lord for three. Two, he said to me, you have it. And the last one I asked him for, he refused to give it to me. The first one is, سألت ربي, I asked my Lord that he doesn't destroy them one time. That he doesn't send them adab, a punishment, a disaster, earthquake or something that takes ummah to Islam. All of them, the whole ummah, everyone. It might happen in one place and not in another place. But at one time, all of us. Allah said, I'll give that to you. Second one is, I ask my Lord that an enemy doesn't come to my people, uh, the ummah, and destroy them, all of them, and takes everything that they own. Allah said to him, okay. So it might happen to some and not others. Like not everyone at the same time. And the third one I ask my Lord is that he doesn't divide my people and break them into groups. And then they face one another and they cause each other harm. Allah said, no, this one no. This what's going to happen. And this is It's from Allah universal signs that this is going to happen. Nabi Muhammad he climbed a tall place in Medina. He climbed it and then the Prophet looked. And when he looked, he said, Sallallahu Inni ara al fitan. I see the fitna. Al qatar. I can see the fitna and the way it's going to be. Like the rain when it comes down, it goes into everybody's houses and it and it goes everywhere on the earth. I can see the fitna becoming widespread. And this did play happen. Imam Muhammad narrated in the hadith uh, in his Musnad. Scholars they graded this hadith like Shaykh al-Albani and others to be hasan sound that the Prophet sallallahu he said three things thalath three man naja min huma faqad naja three things anyone who finds success from these three is going to find success the first one is mawti my death the second one is a khalifa a righteous leader who calls to the truth and the third one is Dajjal the first fitna was the Prophet's death that was the greatest trial and tribulation this ummah went through. The second Khalifa that the Prophet was talking about here, the second one, the Khalifa in which he was talking about, was the Khalifa that was killed on the 35th Hijriyyah in Islamic calendar, Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Uthman was killed in his house after a group of riots protested and they did what? They sieged him in his building, in his house. And Uthman radiallahu anhu didn't come out. He stayed in there. Some of the companions, they came to help him. And they wanted to aid him. And Uthman radiallahu anhu said, go. Leave them. No one help me. Some of the narrations mentioned Ali ibn Abi Talib entered. And he said to Uthman, I'm going to help you today. I'm going to stop all of this. He took out his sword. And then Uthman radiallahu anhu said, if I have obedience over you, meaning if I'm your leader and you have to obey me, take that sword and put it back where you took it from. Because I heard the Prophet sallallahu he said, if the two parties of Muslims, they meet each other and their swords come into contact, the Prophet he said, Al-Qatilu, the one that kills, and the Maqtul, the one that is killed, both of them are in the hellfire. Hadith Abi Bakrah, Nufayr ibn Harithi Thaqafi. 
So when the Prophet when he said that, the companions they said, Ya Rasulullah, the one that's killing, for him to be in the hellfire, it's understood. But the one that's been killed, how? Then the Prophet he said, Inna kana hadisan ala qatri sahibi. The one that was killed, he himself he had in his heart to kill his brother. It's just that this one was more, more sharper, and he knew how to fight. So what Uthman is saying is that these individuals who are trying to do this to us are at the end of the day they're Muslims, so we don't want Muslims' bloods to spill. Go. So Ali Ibn Talib left, and Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu was killed dhulman wa udwana. He was unjustly killed. And Uthman radiallahu anhu that day was fasting. When he was fasting, he was also reciting Quran. And they said that his blood, when they killed him, the blood that gushed from him, it fell on the Mus'haf. It fell on the, it fell on the Mus'haf. And recently they said that they found that Mus'haf where the blood was on it, and etc. It's another story. The point here at now is the fitna started now. This fitna wasn't at the time of the Prophet the Prophet was there, the revelation was there, the knowledge was there, the piety and everything was there. Things as time went on became weaker and weaker. When the Prophet died, Abu Bakr took over. As soon as Abu Bakr took over, a little fitna happened. He extinguished the fire of that fitna and he took three armies and he delegated those three armies to go to three different directions. Abu Ubaidah, he sent him to Sham. And he said, open Sham. Amr ibn As, he sent him to Egypt. And Khalid ibn Walid, he sent him to Faris. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. At his time, Sham, part of Sham, Dimashq and Busra were opened at the time of Abu Bakr. By Abu Ubaidah, Amr ibn Jarrah. He opened it. Khalid didn't bring no news. And Amr ibn As did not bring no news. Then Umar radiallahu anhu, Abu Bakr realized death is about to come to him. And the best thing that Abu Bakr did, as some of the scholars mentioned, was that he appointed Umar radiallahu anhu. And brothers, this shows us the sincerity and the righteousness of these people. It was for the deen and who is good for the religion and who can defend this religion and who can push this deen forward. His children were alive and his sons were alive, but he didn't. So he pointed Umar, he sat him down, he spoke to Umar, he asked him, who does he think that he should, that should come into power? Umar didn't say me, he said Abu Ubaidah, I think he should go. Because he said he's Amin. he's a truthful person, he's a reliable person, put him in. And then Abu Bakr said, you're right, Abu Ubaid is truthful. But you are Amin, and you're Qawi, you're strong, you have two characteristics. You have what? Two noble characteristics, that you're not only trustworthy, and you're, but you're also a strong-minded person. A person who, inshallah ta'ala, I believe. And that was the truth. Umar radiallahu anhu came, he came into power, and then Umar radiallahu anhu, Islam spread. Here we want to go into the groups that came, the groups that started. Inshallah ta'ala, we're going to speak about five groups. We're going to speak about five groups, inshallah ta'ala, quickly, and we won't go into too much details. The first one is Al Khawarij. And then a Shia. And then the Jahmiyyah. And then the Al Qadariyah. We'll just do those four, inshallah. 
Because in the, in the Jahmiyyah we'll have the Mu'tazila inshallah ta'ala. These are the four we'll take inshallah. And these are the four fundamental groups that any group that is here today will go back to. Are you with me brothers? All the groups that you see today from the Tawa'if that went against Ahlul Sunnah they stem from one of these four groups. Okay? They stem from one of these four groups. We'll start with the first group, which is the Al-Khawarij. The first group, because they were the first. They were the what? They were the first group to come out. The Khawarij, they came out, or their leader was seen at the time of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was spreading the ghana'im, the spoils of war, and he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he chose to give it in a particular way because of that which he knew. So companions like Akra ibn Habis and others, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he gave them a hundred camels each. And then when it came to a group of Ansar, or Ansar, the Prophet chose not to give them anything. And he knew why he did this. Because there were some people whose heart he, wants to, he wanted to bring and he was judging it based on revelation. And Allah gave him the rights to do this. Are you with me brothers? So a man stood up from within the people. And when he stood up, he said, Ya Muhammad, Muhammad, I'dil ta'adil. Be just. You're not being just. Who did he say this to? He said this to the Prophet and then the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, If I am not just, who's just? And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Allah Azza wa Jalla entrusted me with the revelation from high above. Spoils of war. Something greater than that. Wahi, revelation, I was entrusted with. When the, mess- the man turned around and he left, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said something. The Prophet ﷺ this man from his offspring, from the people who are going to come from him, is a people you will belittle your ibadah and your salah, you belittle it. So they have kathratul ibadah, they pray a lot. Lakin their ibadah is from the bahir, from the apparent. It's not something that's reached their hearts, as Ibn al Qayyim, Ibn Taymiyyah, and others mentioned. So the salah, kathratul ibadah. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, hudatha'ul asnan. That they are young in age. They are what? They are young in age. Yamruquna min ad-dini. They will leave the religion. Kama yamruqu sahmu min ar-ramiya. The way that that arrow leaves the bow. This last statement of the Messenger ﷺ, which is that they will leave the arrow like the bow leaves, uh, the, you, they will leave the bow, like the arrow leaves the bow. Some of the scholars, they took that as to mean that they're not Muslims. And that the Khawarij are what? That they're disbelievers. From the scholars that recently believed this, Sheikh Abdul Aziz Lubaz. Ibn Lubaz believed that the Khawarij are what? That the Khawarij are not Muslims. That they're what? That they're disbelievers. Like in the strongest opinion is that the Khawarij are a deviated group within Islam. That they are what? 
a deviated group within Islam. Some scholars, they differ on the authenticity. Like when Ali ibn Abi Talib was told that their group of the Khawarij have left and they wanted to fight him, he said about them, Ikhwanuna bagaw alina. He said, our brothers, they are pressing us. Meaning him, they're Muslims, he means. That they're not, they're not disbelievers. So this is the first group, the Khawarij. But the thing is, at the time of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they didn't have a flag. They didn't have an army. Just that man said what he said, and he left. Here I want to take a benefit from this, which his brothers pay attention to this point. What did this man say? All he said to the Prophet was, was Be just, you're not being just. Shaykh Mul Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, he took from this, speaking against the Muslim leader is exactly the same as what that man did to the Prophet ﷺ. He spoke against him. He said, Speaking publicly against him is the concept that the Khawarij pushed. Even if the person doesn't take their sword and doesn't go against the leader, the fact that he goes on public platform, social media, and he speaks against the leader. This is a tariqah who said it. This Khariji. Because at that time, who was the leader? Who was the leader at that time? The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So a person, the Khawarij, they started with speech. And then what did it become? The sword. So first is I'dil. This person is not being fair. This leader is not being fair. And then after that, the person will take the sword. And he will go against the leader and he will cause mass. And that is exactly what happened. The Khawarij, they went on. And what did they do? They went against Ali ibn Abi Talib. Now they have an army. They have a kiyana. They have a quwa. They have everything. And they went to a place called Nehrawan. Which was just on the outskirts of Kufa. They made an army, a military base. And they went against Ali ibn Abi Talib. The reason why they went against Ali ibn Abi Talib is that when the battle of Ma'arakatul Siffin happened between Ali and Muawiyah, and they fought, after that, they chose to come to a qadiyah known as qadiyah tahkim meaning we went to a resolution now, a problem. Bloodshed has taken place. We need to come to a solution. So what happened was Muawiyah, he sent Amr ibn al-As, and Ali ibn Abi Talib, he sent Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. They met each other and they solved the problem and they went back. The Khawarij said, because they wanted the fight to go on. They said, listen, Ali ibn Abi Talib, who did he send? Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. Muawiyah, Amr ibn al-As. And what, why? To, to judge. Ah, so they made the men the judgment and not Allah and his messenger. So they're kuffar. Both parties are kuffar. And we're going to fight both of them. Ali's part kafir and his army and everybody with him. And so is Muawiyah and the army that are with him. So they went to Nehrawan and they made an army. Ali ibn Abi Talibin, he fought with them. First he said, I'm not going to fight with them. And he ignored them. Ali ignored them. They used to come to his masjid. And he would do khutbahs. And they would stand in front of him in the khutbah in Kufa. And they would say to him, in the khutbah in Kufa and they would shout and they would shout Ali would ignore them and he would not say anything to them 
as long as they do not do any physical harm. When they became violent, because it's not just going to be speech, it's going to move on now, they started killing people. Ali ibn Abi Talib prepared an army and he fought them and he killed them. He killed them. And their fitna did not stop. It will carry on. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Every time a group comes out, they will be cut. And another will come and it will be cut. And then the Prophet said, Until the last one of them is with Dajjal. The Khawarij are going to carry on until Dajjal comes. And they're going to be with the army of Dajjal. So they're not going to stop. They are going to carry on like that. Here we have to take the belief of the Khawarij. Okay? And what they believed. And where they went wrong. The first thing that the Khawarij believed is the issue of murtakibil kabira. Before I go into this, brothers, there is something I forgot to mention. And I think it's very important that we understand it. Please understand this point. I want you to understand these issues, inshallah ta'ala, because every group that we mention is going to go against Ahl Sunnah in one of these five. The first issue is Masailul Asma'i Wasifat Allah's names and attributes. The second issue is Masailul Al Qadai Wal Qadr. The third one is Masailu Al-Wa'd Wa'id Masailu Al-Asma' Wal-Ahkam Masailu Al-Sahaba Pay attention to this. These are five fundamental issues that we all have to understand, which is every group that I mention, they are going to gain, go against Ahlul Sunnah in what? In one of these fives. Are you with me, brothers? All of the groups that I'm going to mention, they're going to get, go, they are going to go against Ahlul Sunnah in one of these? In one of these five. Please pay attention here. Ahlul Sunnah is always in the what? It's always in the middle. And every group that we're going to talk about is either going to be ifraq or tafrit. Extreme in exaggeration or extreme in negligence. Ahlul Sunnah, in all of these five, they are in the middle. They are the moderate group. They are the wasat. The other groups, they are either going to go extreme in exaggeration or extreme in Negligence, and I'm going to prove that to you, inshallah ta'ala. Each group, I'm going to show you, this is how they went wrong. So the first one is the, um, the Khawarij. They were the first group in Islamic history to come out. And just so you know, brothers, and understand this, and sisters, the Khawarij, the people that they're going to harm the most, are who? The Muslims or the non-Muslims? The Muslims. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, they will kill the Muslims and they will leave the disbelievers. They're waging war and everything is against who? It's against the Muslims. So the Muslims, they suffer the most from them. So here I want you to understand the first thing that the Khawarij went wrong in, brothers, is this chapter. Masailul Asma'i wal Ahkam. 
What does Masail Asma'i wal Ahkam mean? Masail Asma'i wal Ahkam means the following, brothers. It means there are Asma' meaning names, and there are Ahkam rulings. So names and what? Names and rulings. Names like Al Kufr. Kufr is a name, right? In the Sharia. What does it have? It has a ruling. It has rulings. And a way to deal with a person who is a kafir. There's a, type, there's a word called mu'min. Sah? There's a, uh, I'm a, let's use the, because I said al-kufru, uh, and then let me say al-imanu. Are you with me, brothers? And sisters, pay attention here. The, sec, the bidah. And al-fisqu. These are what? These are asma, they are terms. And each and every one of them have a ruling. Are you with me, brothers? Are we all together? So this is, this is, is called Masail Asma wal Ahkam. It's names and they have, tight, they have rulings under them. Are you with me, brothers? Pay attention here. Al Kufru is disbelief. And Al Iman is what? Belief. This is where the Khawarij went wrong. They used the term Al-Kufr and the term Al-Iman in opposition to how Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah use it. The term Al-Kufr, which is an ism, they used it in a way Ahl-Sunnah don't use it. How? They made takfir on anybody who does major sins. Something called what? Murtakibi? The one who does a major sin, he drinks khamar, he commits zina, he lies. Are we all together? What do we believe? We believe he's, he's fallen into fisq, he's a fasiq. Are we together? We believe he's a believer. What does he have? Iman. He has iman, but his iman is weak. True or false? What did the Khawarij say? The Khawarij, they said, la, la, la. Anyone who drinks khamar is a disbeliever. Anyone who lies is a disbeliever. Anyone who... is a disbeliever. So they took the people out of the religion easily. Are we together, brothers? Now, I want all of us to understand why they did that. What made them do that? Are we all together, brothers? Am I making sense? I'm mentioning this point a bit longer than the rest. The reason is because... The reason is... The reason is because <coughs> this is going to connect us to another ta'ifa which inshallah ta'ala we're going to speak about which is uh, the opposite group to them. <coughs> Can I rub this off? Pay attention to this, brothers, okay? Number one. What was the first argument that the Khawarij were pushing? What was the first argument that the Khawarij were pushing when they said to Ali Abi Talib, you're a disbeliever, and Muawiyah, you're a disbeliever? What was it that they said? You did not what? Hukmullahi. So the issue of Mas'alat al-Tahkim. 
اما حكم بغير ما انزل الله السيدات حكم This is the first argument that they brought. Are we all together, brothers? This mas'ala, the reason why the khawarij, they fell extreme into it was because they knew two things. That the word hukum, it's the person's fi'il, the actions that you do. Pay attention. They knew that ruling by other than what Allah sent down is not necessarily two people that you judge between. No, it's not. They knew that it was your own actions as well. The actions that you do, the actions that you come with, they are also hukum. Huh? Allah says, وَإِذَا بُشِرَ أَحَدُونَ بِالْأُنْثَى ضَلَّ وَجْهُهُ مُسْوَدًا وَهُوَ كَظِيمٌ يَتَوَارَى مِنَ الْقَوْمِ مِنْ سُوءِ مَا بُشِرَ بِهِ أَيُمْسِكُوا عَلَى هُونٍ أَمْ يَدُسُوا فِي التُرَابٍ Allah is talking about their disbelievers when they bury their children in a what? They bury their children or their daughters in the earth unjustly. Are we all together? They bury their daughters in the earth because they didn't want to raise no daughter. Allah says at the ending of that verse, Allah says their hukum was bad. They didn't judge between anybody. Allah is referring to their own actions that they did as a what? As a hukum. Are we all together, brothers? So in English, when you translate the word hukum as to mean judgment, that's weak. Because hukum is bigger than a judgment. Your own actions is a hukum, and between two people is also a hukum. Are you with me, brothers? Let me repeat this. The khawarij, they use the ayah, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ فَأُولَيْكَ مُلْكَافِرُونَ as عَلِيًّا مُعَاوِيَا kufar. Are you with me? Why? Because they believed that Ali ibn Abi Talib, he did not judge by Allah's religion. And Muawiyah did not judge by Allah's religion. They used men. They used Amr, uh, Amr ibn As and Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. Why didn't they open the Quran and the Sunnah? Why did they look at the book of Allah? So they're disbelievers. What's your evidence? So these people are too kuffar. That's what they said. Now, the belief of the Khawarij grew. More, 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 more. They started to then say that anyone who does a major sin is a kafir. Why? Based on the ayah, How? Because the hukum in the ayah, they knew it meant judging between two people like Ali ibn Talib and Muawiyah. And also, this individual who's drinking the khamar, he's not judging by what Allah sent down in his actions. So he's a what? So he's a what? He's a kafir. وَلِذَلِكَ الْإِمَامْ الشَّاطِبِ In his kitab al-i'tisam, he said that anybody who uses this verse unrestrictedly and says that anyone who rules, rules by other than what Allah sent down is a kafir, just uses it like that, he said this person is upon the manhaj of the khawarij. This ayah is explanation in it and discussion. Are we all together? The second reason why the khawarij they fell into the issue of making a person who does major sin as a disbeliever was because of the Iman is a compound, it's, a, it's not a compounded issue, it's just one thing. It's juz'u la yatajazza. Iman is a what? Juz'u la yatajazza. Which is juz'un la yatajazza. 
What does that mean? They believe that Iman is either there or it's absent. Are we all together? Ahlul Sunnah believe what? When you, Iman is something that's there and it can also reduce. So drinking khamar reduces your Iman but doesn't get rid of it in totality. They believe drinking khamar or Iman. Choose one. To them, this is what Iman is. 20 dirhams, for example. 20? 20 dirhams. If you take one out of there, is it, is it 20 or is it 19? It's 19. Go on. It's not 20 anymore. So when this person drinks khamar, he's either a mu'min or he's a disbeliever. Khalas. Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah said, why did they use this example? When Allah used Iman as a what example? As a tree. Alam tara kayfa darab Allah mathalan. Alam tara kayfa darab Allah mathalan. What's the ayah? Wa darab Allah mathalan kalimatan tayyibatan. Ka shajaratin tayyibatin asluha thabitun wa faruha fi samaa. And the hadith of Umar. Where Iman is a tree. Why? Because a tree has, is, is compounded of three things. Sah? Tree has three things. It has the roots. If you cut the roots, the tree goes and there's no tree anymore. There's the branches and there's the leaves. Are we all together? They left the prophetic example and they made their own example. The reason why the Prophet used the word tree is because the tree, it can lose the leaves and it's still called a tree. It can lose its branches and it's still called a tree. So the person can lose portion of his iman and he's still called a he's still called a Muslim or he's still called a mu'min naqusul iman. Does that make sense? So the khawarij, they took the people out of the fold of Islam. This is the first group. And they have other beliefs as well, which we won't go into, inshallah ta'ala. Then the second group came and always look at this, brothers and sisters, pay attention to this fa'id al-latifah. Every time the Khawarij is alive in its, through Islamic history, whenever the Khawarij were there, the Shia were there as well. Always beside each other. Khawarij were out, the Shia is always strong. At that time, it's always going to happen. Khawarij have quwa and they have strength, so will the Shia. Through Islamic history. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and others, they mention that. Ibn Taymiyyah mentions in his kitab, Minhaj al-Sunnah Nabawiyyah. Pay attention now. The second group is the Shia. The Shia are divided into three, three groups. Historically, you can read it yourselves, inshallah ta'ala, where the Shia came from and how they came about. Like in the Shia, are three types. The first ones are called the Zaydiyyah. And the second one are called the Al-Imamiyah. And the third one are called Al-Ghulat. The Zaydiyah are the what? The, the, the Zaydiyah are the closest to the uh, Ahl Sunnah, I mean the Sunnis. They're the closest. A lot of the Zaydi, Zaydi uh, individuals, they became Islamic scholars. Like Ibn al-Wazir al-Yamani, Al-Imam al-Sanani, uh, Al-Imam al-Shawkani. All of them were Zaydis before. They were what? They were Zaydis 
and they became min ahli sunnah. Are we all together? The Zaydiya. I'm not going to talk about their history and everything. You can look at yourself. The Zaydiya. And they have the belief of the Mu'tazila, which is Usulul Khamsa. That's another discussion we'll, we'll touch on later. So the Zaydiya are the closest. And they reside or they are present in the Islamic world today in Yemen. Okay, they reside in what? In Yemen. They have quwa in Yemen. Like in the Houthis are not part of the Zaydiya now. They left the Zaydiya. They fall under the Imamiyya. They're from a group called the Jarudiya who are originated from the Al-Imamiyya. They're from other, what? Al-Imamiyya. They're not the Zaydiya. The Zaydiya denounced them. Okay. The second group are called the Imamiyya. The Imamiyya are the Rafidah. They're what? They're Rafidah and they're the ones who attribute to Iran. The third group is the Ghulat. The Ghulat, two groups fall under it that are present today. The Nusayriya and the Ismailiya. Nusayriya meaning Surya and Bashar and family are the Nusayriya, uh, which is in Sham. That's called the Ghulat, the extreme. Why? They go far by saying Ali is an Ilah and they worship him as an Ilah. The Nusayriya, they believe Ali is an Ilah and they worship him as an Ilah. Are you with me? Even their leaders, they worship them as the ilah. They prostrate, they kiss their leaders. Those who are in charge, the soldiers of Bashar, they worship him. So these are the ghulat, extreme Shia. Are you with me, brothers? Like in all of these three groups, will unite against Ahl Sunnah. You see through the border that they generally will unite. They'll come together if it comes against the Sunnis. Does that make sense? So we have three groups of the Shia, Zaydiya, Al-Imamiya, and we have the, the Ghulat. So under the, this is the Rafidah. And these are two groups, the Nusay, and the Ismailis. Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah, he said in his kitab, Minhaj al-Sunnabuya, about the Nusayriya, hum akfaru min al-Yahud wal-Nasara. Their aqeedah is worse than the Christians and the Jews. Akfar, he said, more disbelievers than the Yahud and the Nasara. Ibn Taymiyyah said, wa kufruhum ijma'u salaf And their kufr is consents from the salaf to the mutakhirin, the Nusayriya. Ismailiya are another group who are extreme and they are present in India and countries like that, right? Ismailis are there. The Zaydiyya are found in Yemen and etc. And the Rafidah are now today found in Iran. And this is the biggest group today. So if you study the Shia generally, you spend more time learning about the Rafidah and their Aqeedah. The Rafidatul Imamiyya. The reason why they're called the Imamiyya, they believe that the 12 Imams. And these 12 Imams are infallible. They don't do mistakes. And these four Imams are greater and more not honorable than the Ulul Azmi min al-Rusul, the five chosen prophets. They're better. Their 12 Imams are better. And the 12th one today, they're still waiting for him. He's hiding. He hasn't come out yet. They're waiting. They're hoping he will come out one day. But he hasn't come out. So for them, they shouldn't have had a government and a system. They should have never accepted that. Because to them, they're waiting for the Imam Al-Mutadar. But then uh, Ayatollah al-Khomeini came and he established a government for them and he said, this is, it's just 
we wait for him to come when he comes this is going to do everything for us this is the Shia the third group was what put the Qadariya first the Qadariya are a group that came out the Qadariya are the third group and they have something to do with the Qadar Oh, Al Al Qadariya. I want to put the Qadariya first. Historically, they came first. The Qadariya, they come from two people quickly. His name is Ma'bad Al Juhani and Ghailan Al Dimishqi. Ghailan Al Dimishqi and Ma'bad Al Juhani. Ma'bad Al Juhani. You know the famous hadith of Jibreel radiyallahu ta'ala anhu? You will know the hadith بينما نحن جلوس عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم اطلع علينا رجل شديد بياض الثياب The famous hadith of Jibreel The beginning of the hadith of Jibreel You know how this hadith came about Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu Two people came to him The first one is Humayd ibn Abdul Rahman al-Himyari and Yahya ibn Ya'mar Both of them, they came to the Kaaba they wanted to do either Hajj or Umrah. And when they came to the Kaaba, they saw Abdullah ibn Umar sitting in the Kaaba. And they were so happy. And so one sat on the right and the other one sat on the left. And they started to talk to Abdullah ibn Umar. And then they said to him, Inna From our direction, there has come out a group. Who this group? He said, this group, they claim Allah Qadr. That there's no Qadr. Wa then Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar when, he, when he was told this, he said, فَأَخْبِرْهُمْ Tell these people, منهم, that I'm free from them. وَأَنَّهُمْ مِنِّي And that they are free from me. And then he saw by Allah, وَاللَّهِ لَوْ أَنْفَقَ أَحَدِهُمْ مِثْلَ أُحُدٍ ذَهَبًا If one of them was to give out the mountain of Uhud of gold, مَا قَبِلَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُمْ Allah will never accept it from them. Allah will never... Allah will never accept it from them. حَتَّى يُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ Until they believe in the Qadr. And then he said, I heard my father say, Umar ibn Khattab, بَيْنَمَا نَحْنُ جُلُوسٌ عِنْدَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ ذَاتِ يَوْمٍ اِطَّلَعَ عَلَيْنَا رَجُلٌ شَدِيدُ بَيَاطِ الثِّيَابِ شَدِيدُ السَّوَادِ الشَّعْرِ لَا يُرَى عَلَيْهِ أَثَرُ السَّفَرِ وَلَا يَعْرِفُ مِنَّا أَحَدٌ حَتَّى جَلَسَ إِلَى النَّبِي صَلَّه this is what he wanted from it. And tu'mina bil qadari, khayrihi, wa sharri. It's part of iman. So the qadariya, these are the two leaders that brought them, and the qadariya are two types. The qadariya are two types. The first one are called al qadariya al mujbirah, and the second one are called al qadariya al mufat. Sah? The first one I called Qadariyatu Al-Mujbirah Let's do it in the categorization of Imam Shatibi. Let's say Al-Qadariyatu Al-Nufat Let's say this, let's say the way he said it the Qadariyatul Nufat are those who negate Qadr. There's no such thing as Qadr. 
They negate the qadr. How do they negate the qadr? They negate the qadr by exactly what Ma'bad al-Juhani and Ghailan al-Dimashqi said. There's no qadr. Everything just happens. Everything what? It just happens. Allah finds out after everything has happened. Allah doesn't know. No one knows. It just happens. And then Allah finds out later and everyone finds out later what happened. That's the first group. The second group are, they're called the Qadariyatul Ghulat. The Qadariyatul Ghulat, are they, they're called extreme versions, some scholars they called it. And these ones are the ones who say that, uh, they say that there is Qadar. They affirm the Qadar. But they say we are like a, we are like a leaf on a windy day. We are like a wee leaf on a windy. We have no choice. When I went and I committed zina, it wasn't me. I was taken it by falsely, and I was done uh, to make zina. It wasn't me. I had nothing. It was my quwa and everything's gone. That's the belief of the extreme ones, and so they evolved greatly. So then, Allah is forcing the person to do evil. These were the groups that came out. And inshallah ta'ala, each of their points and their discussions and their arguments, we'll take it in more details inshallah ta'ala. Now. Ghaylan al-Dimishqi. There's a famous debate between Ghaylan al-Dimishqi and Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. You know Umar ibn Abdul Aziz? Huh? Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, he debated with Ghaylan al-Dimishqi. He had a debate with him. The third group is called the Jahmiyyah. So who, where did the Qadariyah go against Ahlul Sunnah in? So, oh, sorry, where did the Shia go against Ahlul Sunnah in? From the five. They went against the Sahabas, number one. Okay. What about the Qadariyah? Where did they go against Ahlul Sunnah in? Qadha wal Qadr. Masail Qadai wal Qadr. From the five that I gave you. Al Qadha wal Qadr. Are, you with, are, we, are we all together? Now we're going to go into the last group that we need to mention today is who? We're going to go to the Al Jamia. Jamia, they come from who? They come from Jaham. Jaham ibn Safwan. They come from a man by the name of Jaham. Jaham ibn Safwan. He was their leader. That's why they called Jahmi. Are you with me, brothers? They're called what? The Jahmis, they go back to Jaham ibn Safwan. And they're his followers. So he's Jaham ibn Safwan. He's from Samarkand. He's Samarkandiyu. And he was the one who pushed the concept of negating Allah's what? Names and attributes. Allah has no names and he has no are you with me, brothers? They negate, they negate Allah's names and they negated Allah's attributes. So where did they go against Ahlul Sunnah in? Masailu? Masailu al-Asma'i wa-Sifat. From the five that I gave you. And the Jahmiyyah, from them came out the what? The Mu'tazila. They gave birth to the Mu'tazila. And then from the Mu'tazila came what? The Sha'ira. Not the Kullabiya, and from the Kullabiya came what? The Asha'ira that we have today. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? 
So from the Asha Jahmiyyah, Jahm Safwan, came the Mu'tazila, which is a group who, who, who put the rock, first rock, for the Mu'tazila Wasim Al-Ata. Wasim ibn Ata. Wasim Al-Ata was a student of Hassan al-Basri. Are you with me, brothers? Wasim Al Ata, he took knowledge from who? Hassan al Basri. He took knowledge from who? Hassan al Basri. And Hassan al Basri told him, I'tazil anna. Leave us. Look what Hassan called him. I'tazil. I'tazil anna. Leave us. Mu'tazila. The name was given. That's where the name Mu'tazila came from. I'tazil anna. Hassan al Bakalam. They became Mu'tazila. Wasim Al Ata went and he placed concepts in place are you with me brothers those today that you hear use your aqal think these texts they don't make sense use your brain they come from this Mu'tazila nothing look every group that you're seeing today that you're facing and you're going through and you're seeing them they come from what you just have to go back just go, go back humans are not coming out with nothing new huh, like that only technology is becoming new the arguments are old are you with me, brothers? The arguments are old and they, end up, they are in the books. Just go look into it, inshallah ta'ala. The Mu'tazila, Wasim al Ata, and the group, they go in that, uh, in that angle. From the Mu'tazila came who? Al Ashaira, inshallah. Because Ash who's the leader of the Ashaira? Who is it? Abil Hassan? Abul Hassan al-Ash'ari, his, his stepfather, who's married to his mother, was Abu Ali al-Jubba'i. Abu Ali is Abu Ali al-Jubba'i. Abu Ali, Abu Ali al-Jubba'i is a Mu'tazili. He was married to Abul Hassan al-Ash'ari's mother. They had an argument because he was a, he was a Mu'tazili at the beginning. He didn't like what he, he, he didn't have good answers for him. Then he created his own group. Who? Abul Hassan al-Ash'ari. He made his group, which are now called the Ash'a'ira. Don't you not see them? Well, the Ash'a'ira are the majority now. They are the majority. Like in Abul Hassan al-Ash'ari himself, he repented to Allah. He left it. What he was upon. Are you with me, brothers? And he wrote two books to support that his repentance. The first one is Al-Ibana Fi Usuli Diyana. He wrote a book called Al-Ibana Fi Usuli Diyana. And he wrote another kitab called Risala to Ila Ahli Thagar. Are you with me, brothers? This is just side points, inshallah. Are you with me, brothers? Am I going too slow? Yeah? Should I go a bit faster? No, because I have time, it's not on my side. And I have to finish the subject. So you guys can watch the recording, inshallah. So Abul Hassan al-Ash'ari, he wrote these two books, which he repented. Which he repented. Like they say that in his repentance, because he didn't know everything regarding the belief of Ahl-Sunnah, some things they still stayed with him. Some things they still haven't gone. But he genuinely repented from it. Like for example, Allah's names, he said, I'm not going to do what he was doing. So today when you look at the modern day Ash'a'ira, the modern day, the modern day Ash'a'ira, they can't say to Abil Hassan al-Ash'ari said this to us. Even when he was an Ash'ari. 
the people who place down the belief of the Ash'ari is not Abul Hassan Ash'ari. He's just a figurehead. But the real people who put it down are Fakhruddin al-Razi, Sa'ad Taftazani, Abu Bakr ibn Thawrak, Abi Ali al-Juaini, Abi Hamid al-Ghazali. These are the people who pushed everyone threw something in. And this is where the Ash'ariya came into place. Are you with me, brothers? The leader generally doesn't, can't do everything by himself. He just puts the first bricks down and then people come and they make it into what it is after that. Have we taken the four groups? Yeah? We've taken the four groups. Let me say the four groups one more time. The first group is the Khawarij. The Khawarij, who did they come from? What was the name of the person? I never mentioned it, but I just want to see if you guys know it. He's the one who he, they came from. The Khawarij, they come from this man. Again, he didn't put down the concepts himself because he wasn't. He, did, he just put the first idea, idea there. But people came and they made it into a group, and then within them, there are so many groups. Are you with me, brothers? Within them, there are what? There are so many groups. There's the Azariqa, the Najadat, there are the Ibatiya. There are different groups within the Khawarij. Are you with me, brothers? The Khawarij themselves are 12 groups. 12 groups within the Khawarij. All of them didn't agree on everything. Dhu Khwaisira. Dhu Khwaisira is the man who made them. Then there was the second group. Huh? The Shia. Shia, they came at what time? They started to be seen at the time of Ali ibn Abi Talib. Like in Ali, what did he do? When some of them, they started to go overboard with him and they said, they're ilah, what did he do? They were called the Sabaiya, Abdullah ibn Sabah al-Yahudi. So what did he do? As the poet said, لَمَّا رَأَيْتُ الْأَمْرَ أَمْرًا مُنْكَرًا أَجَجْتُ النَّارِ وَدَعُوتُ قَنْبَرًا Ali ibn Abi Talib, when he saw these people, how crazy they were, he said, Big, he made a big hole, a ditch, and he said, take them all. And he threw them into the fire. And he called Qambar. Qambar was the guy who was litting the place for him. And he said, you do it. And Qambar threw all of them into the fire. And when, they, when he threw them into the fire, they said, Wallahi, is a ilah. Look at him. He's burning with the fire. He said, Wallahi, is a ilah. He's, look at him. He's got nar. He's throwing the people into the nar. So some of them, they went even more extreme. Um, like in Abdullah ibn Abbas was told about what? Ali ibn Abi Talib ibn Dan. What did he say? He said, I would have killed them, but I would not have burned them. Because he said, I heard the Prophet ﷺ, he said, No one can burn with the fire except the Lord of the fire. No one's allowed to burn anybody. So this was the Then they, Ali ibn Abi Talib, because he was alive, questions would be put to Ali ibn Abi Talib regarding Abu Bakr and Umar. They would ask him, and he would say, Abu Bakr, Wazira Jiddi. I'm a Wazira Amm, that's Hassan. Like in, they will ask Ali ibn Abi Talibin. And Ali ibn Abi Talibin will say, Abi Bakr is the most greatest in this Ummah. And Umar and Uthman, he would praise them. And then he said, in, in a member of Kufa, How many times did I see the Prophet say, me and Abu Bakr and Umar entered. Me and Abu Bakr and Umar left. Me and Abu Bakr showing how the Prophet loved them. So Ali loved Abu Bakr and Umar. 
had nothing in his heart towards them. They said, so when their leaders were asked, look, Ali's praising. Ali is praising Abu Bakr and Umar. They said, Taqiyah. Taqiyah. The concept of Taqiyah came now. Are you with me, brothers? Ali's hiding it. Ali's under pressure. He can't tell his followers. Don't worry, we know. Take it from us. So the concept of At-Taqiyah came. Wa ma'ila Aqidah started to be building because their, their lies is not making sense. Sahih? Their lies were not making sense. So what happened was when Ali Ibn Talibin, they, he died, they said Ali's not going to die. When he died, they said, oh, he died. Raj'iyah, raj'iyah, he's going to come back. So aqaid and principles, they were putting in place. The Shia went, oh, they're still carrying on. The next group was who? The Qadariyah. The Qadariyah, they came at the time of the Sahabas. At the time of the Sahabas. All of these groups, where did they come out from? All of them, Iraq. Kufa, Baghdad, Basra, all of these places. The Prophet told us والسلام, when he pointed towards the direction of Iraq and he said the fitna is going to come from this side. Some people they said no, he meant Najd of, of Sa- uh, where Muhammad Abdul Hab is from. لا, لا, لا. This is Najd that Iraq is talking about. That the Qarn Shaytan, that the horns of Shaytan was Iraq. So Iraq produced a lot of the Tawa'if, the groups they came from there. And no doubt. Many of the great scholars came from there as well. Imam Ahmed Rahimahullah, and Imam Hassan al-Basri, and Ibrahim al-Nakha'i, and uh, Sulaiman ibn Mehran al-A'mash, and Abu Hanif, and others came from there. So it doesn't mean they only gave bad. Okay, I don't want to be misquoted. But the groups, the majority of the groups, they came from there. The Qadariyah, they came from Basra. Who was the person who produced the belief of the uh, Qadariyah? Who did it come from? Ma'bad al-Juhani, and who else? Very good. And then, who responded back to them? Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. How many groups of Qadariya are there? Two groups. What are they? Qadariya to Al-Nufat, who negate the Qadar. Are you with me, brothers? And the second one is called Qadariya to Al-Ghulat. We discussed that. Alhamdulillah. What was the group after that came? Al-Jahmiya. When the Jahmiyyah came, what did they do? They negated Allah's names and attributes. And the scholars at that time, what did they do? They refuted them. They refuted the, the Jahmiyyah. From them as Imam al-Bukhari and other scholars, and Imam al-Darimi and others, they, books were written. Al-Raddu ala al-Zanadiqati wal-Jahmiyyah. Scholars wrote books. In refutation to the group that was out there, which is the Jahmiyyah, Jaham Safwan. Okay. Those are the main groups. From their womb, from their rahim, came out groups. Like in the, if you learn these four and their principles and what they are upon and you understand them and where they started from historically and everything, you will have a beneficial understanding, inshallah ta'ala. But first of all, understand the belief of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. This is all I wanted to go through as an introduction in Aqidah. There was much more that were eliminated. But it's, the purpose for this was that you can have a what? An understanding. So when we speak about, and we say, this is the belief of the Jahmiyyah, this is the belief of the Qadariyyah, and this is the belief of the... J-, you, I know who they are. 
Are you with me, brothers? When we say this is the belief of the Ahl Sunnah, you know what Ahl Sunnah means. The whole purpose for a madkhal is to give you an overview. So later, when you go and pick up a book, and you read a book, you understand the terms that are being used, you understand what, what are the groups that are being mentioned here, and etc. Nothing is ever understood the first time. So it requires repetition. So I would advise you to, I will strongly advise you all, if you go back to the recording. If you go back to the, go back to the recording and watch it many times. Inshallah ta'ala, you will find that a lot is already mentioned there, inshallah ta'ala. Anyone have any questions? Fadl. So, I write the order. Okay. Okay, you just want me to write that? Okay. So, a lot of it is disputed. That's why we didn't mention it. Like some of the people, they believe the Shia were the time of the Prophet. So, there's a lot of arguments on where it's historically been seen. But we will mention, inshallah ta'ala. Mainly all of them are the first generation. So we have the first group, which is the? The first group is the Al-Khawarij. So they're the first generation, Al-Qarn Al-Awwal. Al-Shia. So they are between Al-Qarn Al-Awwal and Al-Qarn Al-Thani. Al-Qadriyah is Al-Qarn Al-Awwal. First generation. And Al-Jahmiyyah is Al-Qarn Al-Awwal, the ending of Al-Qarn Al-Awwal, and then Al-Thani. Exact year, like as in like century-wise, within the first so, for example, the Khawarij, they came at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, so they were the earliest one. So, we'd say they were at the time in Medina, they would come out. Um, there are stories, there's a story Muhammad, Sheikh Al-Alama, Muhammad Nasr al-Marwazi mentioned in his kitab, Ta'adhim Qadr al-Salah, where the Prophet ﷺ, the famous story that he saw a man praying, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. the Prophet ﷺ saw a praying man, and then he said to his companions, who's going to kill him? And then Abu Bakr said, Ya Rasulullah, me. Oh, the Prophet said to Abu Bakr, you do it. So Abu Bakr went and he saw the man praying. He came back and said, Ya Rasulullah, the man is praying. Then the Prophet said, Umar, you go. Umar went and he saw the man. He saw the man in the salah. He came back and said, the man is in the middle of the salah. He's, he's khushur. Uthman, he said, you go. When Uthman went and he saw the man in prostration, he was doing sujood. He came back. And then 
the Prophet ﷺ, he went quiet. Ali Abi Talib said, Ya Rasulullah, let me do it. He said, I don't think you're going to see him. Ali went, he came back, the man wasn't there. The Prophet ﷺ said, if you killed him, and you got rid of him, there would never have been a fitna and division in my ummah. Khilaf and furqa and the groups that are out there. Sheikh Al-Albani authenticated this story. And Muhammad Nasr al-Marwazi mentions in his kitab Ta'adhim al-Qadir Salah. He mentions another story of a man who came in and the, the Sahabas, they used to describe this man to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They used to say he's the best man. This is the man. Ya Rasulullah, he's something else. This man's ibad and everything. So the Prophet, when they described him to him, the Prophet didn't recognize him. Until one day, the man came in and the Prophet looked at him and he said, he's from the people of the hellfire. Sahaba's face. Dropped. They were shocked. So the man went and he prayed and he came. And as he was about to leave, the Prophet said to the man, did you not come into the gathering? Did you not come into the gathering and walk in thinking that you're better than all of us? I said, how Allah? When I walked in, I looked at everyone and I knew I was better than them. You see? So this was the Khawarij. And if you look at the belief of the Khawarij, it go, or the beliefs of these groups, generally speaking, one of the things that you realize is Al-Ghuluf Al-Afadil. Brothers, underline this point. Al-Ghuluf Al-Afadil. Go in extreme in love of somebody. Somebody you love, you go extreme on them. Your love for that person is so extreme, you go overboard. وَلِذَلِكَ عَبْدُ الرَّحْمَنِ يَحَى الْمُعَلِّمِ He says in his kitab, التَّنْكِيلِ he says, وَإِنَّ مِنْ أَوْسَعِ الْأَوْدِيَةِ الْبَاطِلَةِ الْغُلُوفِ الْأَفَاضِلِ One of the greatest destruction that this ummah went through is going overboard on people. The shirk that started in this ummah, وَقَالُوا لَا تَذَرُنَّ آلِهَتَكُمْ وَلَا تَذَرُنَّ وَدًّا وَلَا سُوَاعًا وَلَا يَغُوثًا وَيَعُوقًا These were five righteous men. What happened? They were worshipped. Why? Because the people went overboard with them. Are you with me, brothers? Extreme in people, extreme in loving somebody, extreme. And this is something we find Sahih today. A lot. People go extreme on person, personalities. Personalities. They love a person so much. When that person does a mistake or he, he falls into a shortcoming or he does an error, you can't, come, you can't accept it because you love this person. Are you with me, brothers? The Salaf, they never connected themselves to people. They connected themselves to what? A belief, methodology, a mu'taqad. People can change. They can go. Are you with me, brothers? Like in the belief. If you're a sheikh that you love, if he leaves Islam, you can leave Islam with him. That's some people like that. Allah, my religion, ah, oh, my religion now is I'm doubtful. Sah? Because Fulano Alan has changed his ways. The beginning you was meant to be on the belief. Don't go overboard with anybody. Don't go overboard with anybody. The second reason why many people is, which is what happened to the Khawarij, 
is they never brought matters back to the Salaf. Lie. The Khawarij, was there any companion in their rank? Are you with me, brothers? The Khawarij, was there any companion with them? Yeah? Abdullah ibn Abbas, when he came to the Khawarij, the first thing he said to them, Mali la ara al-muhajirin wal ansar. Why is it that I don't see the muhajirin and the ansar? Why are they not with you? Abdullah ibn Abbas, that's the first thing he said when he came walking into their, in their camp, in their military base. He walked in, the first thing he said, he didn't argue, he just threw that point forward. Why are muhajirin and ansar not with you? And that's the same thing we say today. Why are the scholars not with them? You quote Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, the, the children of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, his grandchildren are still alive, his great-great-great-great-grandchildren are alive. Yeah? They know their grandfather, what he said in his quotes and his books. Why, is it, why are they not with you? Sah? Sahih. Are you with me, brothers? When somebody says to you, like, for example, ISIS is a, it's a Wahhabi group, you say, but the children of Muhammad ibn Abdul are not with them. Like, for example, one of the scholars who are alive today, who, look at his name, his name is called Salih, Ibn Abdul Aziz, Ibn Muhammad, Ibn Ibrahim, Ibn Abdul Latif, Ibn Abdul Rahman, Ibn Hassan, Ibn Muhammad, Ibn Abdul Wahab. That's, he's alive today. That's his great, 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 great granddad. Sheikh Salah, he goes directly to Sheikh Muhammad, Ibn Abdul He's not with them. Are you with me, brothers? Why are the scholars not with you? Why are you all young? Why are the scholars? So Abu Bakr, uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas, at his time, the scholars were who? The companions. They were the companions. So he said to them, why are the companions not with you? Why Abu Bakr? Well, he underlined that golden word. I always tell you, gold. Which is anybody who says, Qala Allah and Qala Rasul, what do you say to them? Okay, who understood it like that from the Salaf? Always ask that question. That's when you find the person will, confu- will get confused. And the person will say, where, who, what? Because it's easy to throw a what? It's easy to just throw an evidence like that. Your golden question always is, okay, who said it from the early generation? Why didn't they understand it like that? If there was khayr in it, they would have preceded us in it. If there was this meaning in this verse, they would have taken it out. What I'll do inshallah is next week, I'll write the exact dates of when each group started and when they, when they came. Exact dates, inshallah ta'ala. Hayyah, <coughs> fadal. Huh? Muhammad Ghazali was from the Sha'ira. But they said he came back from it. When he died, he, he died with Sahih al-Bukhari with him. Al-Imam... Abi Hamid al-Ghazali came back from the belief of the Asha'ira. He left it at the ending. And when he died, they said, Tuwfiya wa sahih al-Bukhari wa ala sadri. He died and sahih al-Bukhari was on his chest. Meaning he was reading the hadith. And a lot of these people, they didn't see the hadith. Abi Hamid al-Ghazali didn't see sahih al-Bukhari. Are you brothers? Well, the teacher of Abi Hamid al-Ghazali is Abu Mu'ali al-Jwaini. Who's Ghazali's teacher? Abi Ma'ali al-Jwaini. Abi Ma'ali al-Jwaini has a kitab called Nihayatul Matlab Fi Dirayatil Madhab. It's 30 plus volumes. 30 what? Plus volumes. One time he quotes a hadith referring it back to Sahih al-Bukhari and it's not even Sahih al-Bukhari. 
35 volume plus on, on, on the religion, what would you expect? That this person's, how many times is he going to mention Bukhari? How many times is he going to mention ayah from the Quran? Sah, he has ayat. But Sahih al-Bukhari is one time and it's misquoted. 30 plus volume. This is the Sheikh of Muhammad Ghazali. So what you realize is that a lot of these people, we mention Ahlul Sunnah. The reason why they're called Ahlul Sunnah is what? Mutamasikina? Bisunnah. A lot of these groups you find they don't have the Sunnah. They didn't have the Sunnah. Many of these groups they didn't. They didn't have the Sunnah. Let's not waste much more time, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, we'll do the uh, usulu, uh, the madkhal in uh, tafsir, inshallah ta'ala.